Saving the Word. And uh, I don't know how many people were here last week and you heard that message and I hope and I pray that that encouraged something and that challenged and um, compelled us to, to crave the Word more than we even do now. Uh, maybe it sparked something in you. Um, I know for just my own personal life that, uh, you know, getting into the Word and craving the Word is something that I know the enemy will try to hit and, and try to discourage at least me in, and I don't know about others in here this morning, but um, that's an area that he really tries to work in and try to get us disconnected from the Word of God. So uh, I, I pray and I, uh, I hope that throughout the week you were able to get into your Word and just to let the Word speak to you maybe in a fresh way, a new way. Um, I'm excited about what God's doing in my own life uh, in the Word of God. Uh, I pray that you're there as well. Uh, and we're talking about cultivating a culture of the Word of God, uh, just how important it is to, to know the Word, to apply the Word into our own life. And it's important whenever we encounter other people and we have others coming in that may be new to the faith, uh, to encourage them with the Word of God. So all in all, the Word of God is a very important thing. And so that's why we came with craving the Word of God and just, you know, getting into the Word, letting the Word just work in and through you. Uh, you know, isn't it amazing how you could read something in Scripture and you think, uh, you know, you, you, you don't really forget about it, but when you're talking to somebody, how it just is pulled out, like the Holy Spirit pulls that Word out of you, you know, whenever you're speaking to someone and it's an encouragement to somebody. So uh, I just pray that you continue just to search the Scriptures and let the Word of God just speak to you in fresh and new ways. It's powerful, isn't it? Anybody believe that this morning? Amen. Anybody believe that the Word of God is powerful? Amen. It is powerful. And it is a source to us as believers. Uh, so we want to get into this Word of God and let it just encourage us, convict us, compel us. There's so many things that the Word of God will do because the Holy Spirit is activating it in our lives. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to talk about faith this morning. Is that all right if we talk about faith here just for the next few minutes? I know the Holy Spirit has moved and we felt God's presence in the, in the house this morning. And it's going to continue to be with us as we open up the Word today. And I pray that the Word today uh, is a Word that challenges you. It challenges me. So I pray that the Word of God today will be a challenge. Uh, it could be a conviction to us. But it's going to compel us to put faith in action. Faith is one of those topics that we could spend a whole lot of time and a lot of, a lot of sermons and, and just talk about the different aspects of faith. But today, for this purpose, in creating a culture or cultivating a culture of faith in action, this is where I believe the Holy Spirit was leading for today. And it's just important as we have a, a healthy church that we move in faith in action. We're going to get into that. How many of you like the book of James in here? Anyone like the book of James? When you read the book of James, does it really get you? It's one of those books that you can read it and it will bring the conviction of the Lord upon your life. Uh, a lot more in the Bible, but James is one of those in particular. If you read it and you let the Holy Spirit really just... Uh, 
maybe open up your life and let the Holy Spirit in and, and, and read you like an open book, wow, I'm telling you, it will, it will compel you, it will convict you, it will challenge you, it will stretch you. So this morning I want to get into this challenging word this morning. The scripture text for today is James chapter 2. You'll have it up on the board, we can follow along. It's going to be 14 through 26, and I would like to read that in its entirety uh, this morning, so if you can hang with us for a little while, we're going to see what the Word of God says. For some of you in here today, this is going to be something you've heard and you know. For some, it might be something new. For some, you might put it on the, on the, on the shelf and be like, this doesn't apply to me, but I'm going to tell you, this applies to every believer in the house this morning. To every one of us, this applies. This is a challenging word this morning, and I pray that it does, by the Holy Spirit, just challenge us today. Let's start at verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Right off the bat, that's a challenging word, isn't it? Everybody with me this morning? All right, I'm going to need your help today. I don't need amens because the Word of God speaks for itself. All right? I know what the Word of God says because we're reading it this morning. But as we read it, I want you to, I want you, if, if you feel led and you feel it, let's be in concert together in unity because some of the things we're going to read here, they are some challenging things when you think about it. This, this actually is a debate between some doctrines, some beliefs, right? Because sometimes the mind wants to go automatically. Somebody in here today says, we're well, going to talk about works. And salvation is not by works. And I know that because that is the debate within this text. But as we're going to see, works is a product of your faith. It should produce action. Your faith should produce action. There is only one way to salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ, and it's not a works matter. And we'll read that verse of Scripture in Ephesians here in just a minute. But right off the bat, you have the, the writer here saying, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Anybody heard this passage of Scripture before? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. That's not Raji language, right? Is that, can anybody really be honest there? You don't have to raise your hand. Is, are those kind of hard words to take in? That, that's a hard thing right there. Can, can we just be like that this morning? That when you read something like that right there, it says, so you see, by, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless 
for some, that, that can be a hard thing to take in right there. This is Scripture. All right? It's important what the, the writer is trying to get to, to our attention here. It's, it's important what the Holy Spirit is wanting to pull out and what it wants to show us. Verse 18, it says, Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in fear and terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Man, I'll tell you what, this is, these are challenging words here this morning. They're challenging. And it says, verse 21, Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the Scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Some may still be hanging on to that. Well, I'm saved by grace, not by works. And you're right. That's not the direction we're going this morning. Verse 25, it says, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Mm. Thank you, Father, for your word today. Thank you for the word that brings conviction and it's challenging. God, I'm thankful for a word that even stretches me. I'm thankful, thankful for a word that is so alive that it compels me to do things. I'm thankful for a word that, that moves me into action because of the faith. Ah, we thank, we're so thankful today for your word. Bless the rest of our time together this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about a faith in action this morning. If we look at verse 14, what we read was, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Real faith is more than just words. Isn't that true? Real faith is just more than, more than just words. Does claiming to have faith mean that you have it? No, it's all right. This can be a more of a teaching time today. I'm okay with that. Hopefully you are. If I say that I'm a tree, am I a tree? If I say that I'm a girl, am I a girl? Absolutely not. That's not who I am. If I say that I'm a man, am I a man? I am a man because I am a man. Right? And just because I may say that I have faith, or if I have the bumper sticker on my car, or if I blast it all over social media, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have faith, does it? 
There's a lot of people who can say they have faith, but do they have faith? Y'all with me still so far today, right? Nobody's going to run me out of here after this message today. I'm telling you, challenge message is good. James is asking the question, can such faith save him? One who claims to have faith but has no deeds. Once again, we're going to be clear. We're not talking about salvation here because we are saved by faith alone. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved, amen, through faith. It's not from ourselves so that we would boast. Absolutely not. And it's not by works. It is only a gift by God. And that's not exactly, you know, in succession how that reads, but that's the gist of that scripture. It's a gift by God. It's nothing that we can do on our own works because we would boast and we would say we saved ourselves. And you can't do that. It's only by the work of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the only way that we can be saved, by faith alone. James isn't questioning that, whether or not genuine faith in Christ saves. That, that's not the point of what he's talking about. But he is saying that a faith that we talk about should produce action. It should produce deeds. It should produce work. It should. Real faith is more than words. I want to tell you something here that I thought was shocking, and maybe you've heard this. You know that, uh, and it really shocked me that this was a current study. But the shocking thing is, is that 70% of Americans proclaim to have faith in Jesus. To me, that is shocking. That's a shocking number. Um, with you know everything that's going on in our country, that, that's shocking to me that there's 70% that, that proclaim faith in Christ. Now, I, I want to believe that that's true. I really do. And I, I hope and I pray that that is true, that 70% of people in the United States proclaim faith in Jesus, that they're a Christian. Okay? Yet, you see so many that's not living according to His Word. You see so many that's not living according up to the Word. Not trusting in God's Word. I'm use a, a, a silly example here, but I could say that I am the best dancer in the world. Right? <laughs> and, and as soon as I would show you my dance moves, you would know otherwise. My wife and I, you know, we, we will, you know, have a, a dance or two if we're on vacation and maybe there's some music playing and she always tries to get me out on the dance floor and just to, to dance, you know, and to slow dance. That's all right, isn't it? Are, are, we, are we religious people where you can't dance in here? But, but, but you know, she would want to get me up on the dance floor and, and to, to dance. And I told her, well, I, I will be a tree, like planted by the waters. And I will have my, my arms as branches, and I'll, I'll twirl you out like this. 
that is the extent of my dance moves. So if I was to get up here and tell you that I'm a professional dancer, you would see right through that because it's not genuine. It's not true. It's not real. You know, I, I can fake my way through telling you that I have faith in God, right? I mean, people can do that all day long. They can, they can tell you that they're the most solid Christian ever and they can even quote Scripture and they can tell you all the things that you want to hear, but there should be a producing of what they're saying. There should be things that produce out of that. Is, is, that, is that real this morning? Is that true? There, there should be that fruit that comes out of just, you know, not just words. It should be action to it. Through our faith, God transforms us. So that our attitudes and actions become evidence of our trust in Him. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. And that scripture right there is talking about doing things that He's planned for us. Real faith is more than just feelings, isn't it? If you look at uh, verses 15 through 17, I'm going to read those again for you this morning. It says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and, and have a good day and stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You know, faith is more than a feeling. Have you ever had somebody, a brother or a sister, did you see the wording there, a brother or a sister? that would come up to you and they would maybe share something with you. And, and, and the easy response is, and I shouldn't say, uh, prayer is amazing and it does mighty things, but if someone comes up to me and says, Raji, uh, and it's a brother or sister, and they're like, I don't have any food to eat and I don't have any clothes and, and I don't have a warm place to stay tonight, and if I just send them away and I have the ability and I have the means to, to take care of that, is it really truly right for me just to send them along their way and say, I'll just pray for you? Or can I be the answer to that prayer? And that's what he's showing us here. He's like, you know, he, he wants us to have compassion for one another, a, a unity for one another. Uh, Jesus was asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, you know, of course, you know, love your God. But then he added one on it and said it's just as, as important, it's just as, as great, and it's, it's love your neighbor. And he's like, you know, it, it's about us doing this life together. It's about us having genuine compassion for one another and generosity and unity for, with one another. And evidently, when James was writing this, there must have been an issue there, right? There must have been an issue where wherever this church was at that he's talking to right here, they must have had an issue where they, they weren't helping each other out. So it's, it's easy because here's the thing. Immediately you're going to wrestle with, well, you know, if, you, if you've done that right, you wouldn't be in that predicament. <laughs> well, well, if you've done this the way I think that you should do it, then you would have what you need. Maybe that's too hard this morning. But he's saying, genuinely caring about the needs. 
If somebody comes to me and genuinely has a need, can I, can I give you an example and even use ourselves without coming across as braggadocious? Is that all right? I, I, that is not the reason for this. There's a reason why I'm, I'm telling you. But this is, this is an example that I know that God has used in our life, okay? So please don't take it that way. It's not to puff us, uh, puff us up in any way. God gets the glory. There was a, uh, this is when we were pastors, uh, youth pastors and children's pastors at Lawrence on the northeast side of Indianapolis. All right? And so the northeast side of Indianapolis, 42nd and Post, our church sat right there. If you're familiar with that area at all, it is a bad area. When I go into the prison and I speak with those men that are in the prison and they are from Indianapolis, and I say, I spent time in Indianapolis. They say, really? Where were you at? I said, 42nd and Post. And they go, <laughs> say, what? That, that's, the, that's the reaction. They say, where, where were you at? And we said, 42nd and Post. And at first they can't believe it because it is a, it's a high crime area. It's high prostitution. It's high homelessness. It's high gang activity. Our church got spray painted and tagged with graffiti from gangs. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Sur 13. It's a Latin Mexican gang, El Salvadorian, uh, actually a gang. And all their territory was on the west side of Indianapolis. And the Bloods and the Crips, we actually had uh, young people that were 10, 11 years old in our children's church who were getting recruited for the Bloods. Actually, had one boy that we really poured a, a lot, a lot of our efforts into who started running drug activity for the Bloods at 12 years old. And I'll never forget the night that we have IMPD officers that attended our church. Our pastor was a chaplain for the IMPD PD police department, and they would tell us things, you know, that would go on. And they had a meeting, and they said, listen up. Um, if you don't have a gun, I want you to get one. If you're going to be here at the church, we're praying people. We're believing people. I mean, but he told me, he's like, Raji, uh, it's getting bad. And I already knew it was because you could see it was getting bad. But Sir 13 was moving in on the east side. And the Bloods and Crips, they didn't like that. So they were having turf wars. In our parking lot, I came one Sunday or Wednesday, I think it was a Wednesday night, and our parking lot was riddled. It was just full of casings. I pulled out of the parking lot of the church one day, and a young lady comes up to my window and is trying to solicit. I'd be going down the street and uh, seeing, you know, this one ethnicity group, in another ethnicity group and doing violence to each other in the middle of the day just because of the color of their skin. And I tell you, it was, it was a very much an eye-opening experience. The story I'm getting to is that we had a homeless man that uh, was attending our church. And he was a big guy, tall, 
this stocky guy, and he'd been living on the streets, and this particular, he'd been coming for a long time, I mean a long time. Church was helping him out as far as, you know, food and clothing and um, things like that. We had a man that was at our church, and he had a, a van, you know, anybody seen my purple van? We're not going to give the name that everybody's nicknamed that van in here. But, but he had a van like that, but it was a white van. And he gave it to, uh, his name is Steve, gave it to Steve. Steve, I just recently uh, found out he passed away two years ago. But Steve was staying in that van, and Steve would come to church in a suit. I mean, he was homeless, but he, he found a suit at the, you know, our clothing store. We had a clothing store uh, for people who wanted clothing. And he'd come in, and he got his clothing. And I'm not going to say anything. I got stains on me like crazy today. I'm not embarrassed. He would come in, he'd have stains all over his suit. And he would take the, the you know, the, the spray cologne, and he would spray it all over him, trying to mask, cover what he really smelled like, his clothing. He was homeless. Staying in a van. It was a hundred and some degrees. It had been a stretch of this hundred degree days staying in a van. And I'll never forget, he came. Whew. Still gets me. Oh, I don't apologize for being an emotional person. He came to me and Dina after, after Children's Church one day. And we made a good connection with Steve. And he says, guys, he goes, I'm telling you, he goes, if I stay in that van, he goes, I'm going to die. He goes, it's so hot in that van. He goes, it's so hot in that van. I mean, he was faithful. He was there every time the church was open. He would do things around the church. And it was just the Holy Spirit gave us these words to say because Everybody else was saying, you don't do what we said we were going to do. And I looked at Steve. <laughs> I said, Steve, big Steve. I said, you come to our house tonight. I had three little kids at home. My wife took him in, got him something to eat, took him in, and, you know, he's got air conditioning, but I'll never forget my wife in there washing his clothes so that he could have some fresh clothes to wear. And I don't tell you that story to brag on us. But it would have been so easy for us to have just said, you know what, Steve? I'm praying for you. I hope you don't die tonight in your van. Is that going to be the case for everything? No. But that is the importance. Whenever you know the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, and he's leading you to do something like that, Will that be the case every time? No. That doesn't mean every person that you see on the, 
intersection and they want something from you. It doesn't mean that. It means whenever you are in relationship with people and there's a need and you know it's a need. It goes way more than just feeling, doesn't it? And I'm sure the Lord has done that. The Holy Spirit's done that in people in here. We're not the only ones where he's laid something on your heart to do something like that. But see, we're a church that's in this together, amen? And we're creating, we're, we're cultivating a culture of, of faith and action, of, of getting into God's word and, and, and this unity that we're going to be talking about and just compassion and generosity and just ah, being Jesus, really, right? It's just going to model Jesus. That's what we want to do. First John 3.18, it says, Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. That's what John 3.18 says. Real faith is more than just beliefs, isn't it? James 2.19 says, You say you have faith, for you believe there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. And just because you believe in God doesn't mean you have saving faith, right? We look at the Gospels and we discover that the demons demonstrate belief in God because they do. You can have a belief in right things and still have an evil character. James is talking about someone who has an intellectual faith, a faith that only touches the mind. You know, if I said five times five equals what? 25, right? If I said to you, well, some of you may know this, some of you may not, World War II ended in 1945. I know Troy C. would know that. Those are facts. It's intellectual things. It goes more than just a belief. Are you with me if I get through this here in the next few minutes? Real faith is demonstrated by deeds. James 2.18 says, Now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. All right? Opposing view conversation he's having right there. The opponent says, you have faith, I have deeds. James says, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith, my, my faith by what I do. Right? In other words, the opponent is telling James, you ought to let some people emphasize faith while others emphasize works. But James insists, real faith shows itself indeed. You cannot find an example of real faith that does not show itself in action. I challenge you, you cannot do it. You must have both faith and action. Faith produces work. Verse 20, it says, How foolish can you see that faith without good deeds is useless. Then it goes on and it gives two examples of the Old Testament. Abraham and Rahab, right? It says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? I'm going to jump down, verse 25. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid the messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Both show genuine faith, right? Both two totally different people. One a man, one a woman. 
One a patriarch, the other a prostitute. So you see, they both had faith. They both put their faith into action. Abraham was a somebody. Rahab was a nobody. They had something in common, and that was faith in God. I hope that today, this message maybe, I hope, it, I hope for sure, hope it's not bored you to death. I hope it's challenged you. I hope it's stretched you even just a little bit. And can I leave you with another Charles Spurgeon quote? It says, Faith and works are bound up in the same bundle. He that obeys God trusts God, and he that trusts God obeys God. He that is without faith is without works, and he that is without works is without faith. Is everybody good this morning? You're going to let the Word of God challenge you today? Amen? Let's pray. I encourage you to be here at 6 o'clock tonight. Come ready to worship the Lord. We're going to have a wonderful time in the name of Jesus tonight. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, I know that it's challenged me. God, it's stretched me. And God, I pray that it just becomes even more alive than before we read it today, Lord. God, I just pray that we continue to just produce a a faith that... uh, it is seen by and with our actions, Lord God, that we just, we just don't be sayers of your word, but we are doers of your word also. And, and God, we let people see that there's a genuine faith within us and, and caring about them, Lord, just like you do us. God, you care for us in such amazing ways. And you genuinely care and you, and you want to pour out your generosity and, and just your loving kindness and compassion to us. God, yes, we know that there are things that we shouldn't do and we have grace. And, and Father, there's conviction of when we mess up. God, we're, we're so thankful for that. And God, but you work in so many ways, Lord God, to reach the lost. And, and, and you, re- you work in so many ways to, to build the kingdom up and to build up believers. So, Father, I pray that, that faith and action would just stir in us. God, that it would compel us, Lord God, just to continue to, to do and to be about your business. We thank you for it. Give us a good afternoon of rest. And, Lord, when we come back in here tonight... We're just ready to worship you, to honor you, King. We thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray, amen.